0: welcome and thank you for listening to the new day podcast we are located in south kansas city proclaiming the good news of god's grace to our region and abroad if you'd like more information please visit our website newdaykc.org hello this but we're going to talk about romans 5 and what it means in our lives okay and uh you know, before we even do that, Mike, Mike Nobrega, who maybe, you know, and he runs, runs our sound most of the time now, uh, his brother has really taken a nosedive with cancer and not doing well, and there's not a lot of hope. And I know that uh, many of you have been faced with those kind of situations, but we want to just lift him up and, and Diane up and keep them before the Lord and know that they're hurting really bad right now. And it's a very difficult time. Mike's out of town. And uh, yeah, we just want to cover him as a church family with our prayers. So will you join me? Lord, we just pray for Mike right now and Diane. But the whole Nauberga family included with it. Lord, this type of thing to go through is so deeply grievous and sorrowful. And our hearts hurt with them. Are her hearts hurt for them? Would you surround them right now? And even in what we approach in your word this morning, I ask that all the effects of that can be Mike's portion and his brother's portion even now. Even as we go through this with them, praying for them, that peace and comfort would come to their hearts. And you would lift them up, strengthen them. Lord, we can uh, oftentimes, so many times the testimony of, of people that have gone through, I've had it, of the difficult times is that they understood someone was praying. I pray that the entire family would under, feel that now. That they would sense the prayers of the saints going up on their behalf, helping to caretake for them. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. Uh, Well, I woke up this morning and I had Romans 5 on my heart because, not just because of knowing a Mike situation, and this isn't directed, I'm not trying to close line preach into a situation, if you understand what that means. Um, But just looking at life and what we all go through, it's hard Very, very, very difficult, hard to go through. So I want to read from Romans 5 and then explain a few things that I think get misconstrued about it again. And how we manage through the difficulty of life, which is difficult. Agreed? Romans 5.1 Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. Those two sentences are so packed with meaning that we tend to eat it all in one bite and not look at the individual uh, crunchy things that are there that you have to go, wait a minute, let me, let me crunch on that word for a minute. First of all, to have that, to know that because I believe that Jesus lived, died for me, was buried, and was raised for me, uh, distributes to us a justification That word means you're in good stead with God. To be justified means right standing, no matter what. So like if you're justified in the sight of the law, that means that you haven't done anything wrong. To be justified in the sight of God means that I believe that I did do some things wrong, and God died for that, And now, because I believe he died in my place for that, I'm justified. I'm in good standing. It's an amazing concept, isn't it? Who could think that up? It's like, you know, I think many of us want to go through life, and uh, we'd like to have our life story written in pencil so that we can go back and go, let's erase that part. And just get rid of that part. But it's not. It's written in blood. It's not. Our story, right, wrong, good, bad, here, there, the the wonderful things that we did in life and accomplish and the grievous things that we deeply, through our shame, want to hide all of our lifetime. God reconciled us to Him through those through what he did to take care of those. He managed it. Who would think of that except God? A human being couldn't go, there's got to be somebody take the blame for this because I don't want to. And God says, I will. Though there was nothing he ever did, he was blameless, it says. And he took our blame... And turned it into justification because we believed that he took it. It's an am- you guys, this is the most amazing concept that could have ever been given to humankind. Who has, I mean, you look at the way humankind worshiped God in the various forms. Now, was it really God? No. But in the forms of God that they worshiped, most of it, if you study other forms of religion, almost all of it is fear-based. I have, I must do this or God will get me over that. That's why I preach grace all the time and the love of God, because it's the only one that doesn't have that as a basis. You know, if you don't do these seven things, the God is going to get you, and you will have these nine things come on you or your family Or be distributed. Honestly, no matter which which religions you go back to, they're all based in that. That's funny because we have a fear of God, but the fear of God we have is the awesomeness of what he did, not the retribution that we're going to get. I I don't have I I don't have any fear. Wrath is not going to be my portion or your portion. I've been justified by faith. How do we know that? Let's read the next part. This is verse 2. Through whom also we have access by faith in this grace in which we stand, and rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. When I have been justified and have his peace, a doorway of hope is opened. Hope in what? Hope that things will be different? No, my hope is in God. God is different. So my hope isn't placed into a thing that gets me in or out of stuff. Um, I don't know how you feel. So much of my Christianity was, was almost based in a, not magic, but if I said the words right, if I did this and believed that and hung on to that, then these three things would be mine. It was almost like a, if you will, a talisman. And I prayed a lot of those types of prayers. I, I, I'm not condemning it. I'm just saying, I think I wasted some time. I did. not. do I regret that? No, I think God honored it. I think God looks at the feeblest attempt that we have in moving towards him and goes, that's an incredible guy. He is such a rewarder and looks at our faith when we believe in him. He says, that faith that little tiny seed of faith that's what pleases me the faith that we had in praying for Mike that pleased God that we would put our fingers around that and go there's you know I mean Diane's sitting here so I'm not trying to preach at her but she's going through this with him and God's going I'm so delighted with you right now I'm so delighted every one of our feeble attempts is the strongest thing we could ever imagine. That's actually what this verse is about. So keep going with me in the next part. Because he does this. This is why I said you can't just eat this in one big bite. You You have to take these individual words and go, what? And not only that is the next line and not only that like as though that's not that's enough to have peace with God and be justified by faith I'm okay I will never have to worry about it again he says and not only that there's more yes there's more and it's a really <laughs> interesting thing because you think he's going to give you something you, you think you're going to get a big bite of ribeye steak. Are you hungry yet? You know, you think the next bite's going to be this, and not only that, then all these other majestic things are going to be your portion? Well, it is, but it's a strange one. Listen to this. But we also glory in tribulations. How do you go from This is phenomenal to, by the way, life's going to suck a little bit. (laughs) No, as a matter of fact, life is going to be really, really hard and difficult. Now, the thing, the reason it makes it hard for us to understand this, and that's why I say we take one big bite of this. One of the reasons is one word, tribulation. When I say tribulation, what do you think of? All right, shut your eyes. Tribulation. What What did you think of just now? Hard. What else? Suffering. What else? Any of you think of end times? We just don't like to admit that. No, I left that theology behind. I don't believe in that eschatology. That has been so, it's such a big word, isn't it? In a hard word, for decades that word meant something way different to me than what it does today. You know, because I, I, uh, oh boy, here it comes. I'm not a dispensationalist and don't believe in dispensationalism, and much of the church, even our kind of church, does. It's the eschatology that it's mixed with. I'm not there, and I don't ever preach about it publicly because I don't want to take all the stuff on that I'd have to take on. I just It's not that I don't have the courage to do it. It's that I don't have the giddy-up-and-go to do it. <laughs> so, are you going to sp- explain dispensationalism? No. Another time. Another page, because it will interrupt with what really needs to be said here. That word always meant something about from the book of revelation and some dystopian view of how we're going to be crashed and smothered and boiled and hung and put out and, and maybe some of us but some of us are going to escape and get out of here and but the rest of you are in deep trouble and I'm not trying to make too much light of it but we made this word a giant word didn't we? Do you know what the word is actually talking about? The word that got translated tribulation? Exactly what somebody said over here. It's the suffering and grief and pain of life. The word tribulation there is actually describing what it says about prophesying that Isaiah prophesied about Jesus in Isaiah 53. He bore our sorrow. There's sorrow in this life. It's hard and painful. Why sin? Sin. As Brenda and I were talking about this in a morning, she said, can you imagine what it was like to be Adam? Till redemption came in Jesus. Maybe he was kept in that thing called Abraham's bosom. I don't know how all that works. I'm not smart enough. But oh my gosh. He opened Pandora's box, didn't he? Not just to the bad stuff, but he opened Pandora's box to the pain and sorrow that all of us bear still till the earth is redeemed. Till the return of you. Well, if God redeems us, then that goes away. No, the earth hasn't been redeemed yet. It's still in a process. It's still in a it's even a, it's referred to as a birth pang process that it is going to be redeemed and to reveal us who, for who we really are. Sorrow produces, it says, perseverance. That one's hard for me to get through because I don't feel like I'm persevering at all. I feel like I'm flailing at best. Uh, I told somebody who was really going through a really ugly time years and years and years ago, and this is before my understanding of grace. I said, good grief, fall on the rock and be broken before the rock falls on you and crushes you. That's sort of this word here. I don't feel like I'm persevering. I feel like the rock came down on me sometimes. Do you feel that way? I feel like oh. And I know I, you know it's cuz I not because I did or didn't do something. Life just the the hardness of life came in. What's here for us then? Well, it is producing within you and ability to persevere. Why? So I'm a stronger person? No, because you'll know how to comfort and help somebody else. That's why we persevere. It's really why. So that we can see each other and help each other in times of tribulation. So it produces in us when we go through pain and sorrow the ability to go, man, I understand. Give me your hand. I'm going to stand here with you. I don't have any answers, but I will stand with you and pray. That's what perseverance means. I will stand with you. I don't have to know details. Don't tell me any details. Just tell me, Lloyd, pray for me. That's what, that's what the suffering you went through, that's where the perseverance pays off, is I have that within me. That's what the, I, I own. I've persevered. Have you persevered? Oh, yeah. You've been doing it quite a while now. By the way, this isn't age-related. You can learn to persevere when you're 15. Maybe even 11. Maybe 9. You can learn. So this sorrow produces perseverance, and the perseverance produces character. And character, hope. I've always taught a whole lot of things about strong character. And I've always heard this said, that trials and tribulations, uh, they're the things that produce good character in you. No, they reveal the good character in you. They don't make me better. Going through a horrible thing didn't make me a better person but going through a horrible thing revealed Christ in me it revealed what was there and often have you done this have you gritted your teeth and made the right choice not to get something but gone when you were at the point that you wanted to quit and give up and go not working I'm done and instead you went now i'm going to choose the right thing god i will hope in you oh my gosh and it works something in us that he calls in another prayer and an eternal weight of glory when we do that it's not that we're just gutting through life and it's pointless it's well if i'm gutting through life and doing the right thing that says that is working in you something that you cannot imagine. We don't get to see that part. If you could see yourself as God sees you, you would see a diamond bright and shining. And every time that you gulped and said yes to God, it gets buffed again. It gets shined again you have facets to your character and who you are as a person that God goes oh you know we all talk we all pray this prayer i want to be formed and fashioned by god you are and you are he's forming and fashioning you into this incredible thing that one day and here's the glorious news about why, why hope for something that's far away because on the day that you stand before him you will be able to see that you are like him that's what 1 John has to say about it when we behold him and see him as he is so shall what? But he's seeing that in you now We're not seeing it. But he sees it in us now. You know, I'm picking on the Naburgus this morning, but Mike and his family, his brother, hanging on to faith right now, they have no idea how they are shining before God and how he sees it. We could look at it and say they're hanging on, and they may not be. They're hanging on by a thread. And God's going oh no, I had an eternal hope of glory that they're wrapped in. I wrapped them in myself. And they don't understand how beautifully they're shining for me right now. Have you ever had life make you mad? Oh, the bitter things that happen? God goes, you don't need to be mad. (laughs) I've got you all wrapped up. Tighter than a drum. You think you're loose and falling apart. And I've got you. I've got you in this. Why does God want us to hope? Because hope doesn't disappoint. Hope can sting. You mean I have to hope again? Yes. And it's a little bit of a sting But here's the truth. Hope in God does not disappoint. It doesn't. Here's where I get courage. I hope in God. I used to just try and, you know, do the old manly male thing. Screw your courage up. Set your jaw. When all you really wanted was a mommy. But I don't have to do that in God he instills it, when I go where do I go now I'm going through this mess that they call a tribulation sorrow, pain and heartache where do I turn to now and God says me I don't want to God because it'll be hard and he says I'll be with you in it but it's going to be awful and he says I'll go through it with you I'll carry you I'll hold you up all you have to do is trust me. Well, then you're going to make it go away. That's not what I said. I said, all you got to do is trust me. How can I trust you, God? How can I trust you today? Here's the clincher. Because, let's, let's read it in context. And not only that, but we also glory in tribulations, knowing that tribulation produces perseverance, and perseverance character, and character hope. Now, hope does not disappoint because, here's another one of those words, you got to chew on this. Because of what? He's going to lay something out for you that we always miss. We always miss this. I've heard, I've had this verse quoted to me, I've had it taught to me, and we, Always miss these last few words. Don't miss them today. Because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. On your worst day, God has one intention to pour out his love. What does God intend for me? To pour out his love. At my worst times is when I understand most the love of God. Whether that's I did something or life has done something to me. That's where God's love is poured out. We think it's poured out when we help somebody who needs our help. It might be a good deed. might be a good work that he had prepared for you to walk in. But you will experience the love of God when you can't find love anyplace else. When life, what we said earlier, I'll put it this way instead of using the other word. When life stinks, God pours out his love. When when life personally stinks for you in your life, look for the love of God to be poured out. When you go... I don't want to do it, but I'm going to to bless them instead of curse them. I don't want to do it, but I'm going to let go of everything. And God goes, oh, I am so going to pour my love out on you. And he loves to do that. Do we get rewards? Yes, but I think I was taught that wrong too. The reward is God himself. That's what it's always been. How do we get rewarded in this life? The love of God is poured out to us through the Holy Spirit who is with us. Oh my God. Same thing he invited Abraham to. Often we respond the same way Abraham does. So God shows up to Abraham and says, Abraham, if you follow me, I will be your exceedingly great reward. And his response is, seeing that, what will you give me? You go, what? I just promised to give you me. When make light of this when life gives you lemons make lemonade no when life gives you lemons God shows up and gives you him the sweetest wine we'll ever taste the best the highest the greatest the most so what do you pray for when it's not you going through it so some of you are just going what on earth where did this come from this morning This is how you pray for other people when they're going through hard times. It's laid out right here. God, help them in their tribulation. Help them in their time where they can persevere enough through this that they latch on to hope again. And that in latching on to hope, God, I know who you are and you will do this. Pour your love out on them, God rain love down on them. Don't pray fix them. Don't pray help them. Don't pray, you you can do all that and God understands our weak prayers. I'm not doing a lawful thing with you. Pray the love of God would be poured out on them. Because we all know this. This is how you got saved. One sip of the love of God Changes a human being. One sip of the love of God. Not you loving them. One sip of the taste of the love of God. That's how I got saved. Reading a stupid little track that started with the four spiritual laws. There is a God in heaven who loves you and it stuck right here. I read it out loud and I went, oh, I couldn't even get the first sip down. And then what happened is a cry was right behind the stuck place in my throat. The cry cry was deep down here. I'd made made inner vows that no one would ever see me cry again. You weren't going to get a juice of humanness out of me. And there it was. That Thing, love of God sticking right here and underneath it was a volcano of pain it felt like bile coming out you love me and I started crying I couldn't quit crying I mean, you talk about a charismatic rug time I had snot and stuff coming out of every orifice of my face. I just couldn't quit. I mean, it's one, you know, it's one thing you cry and gentleman cries or a lady cries this way. I was heaving. And the pain of a, two decades of childhood coming out. Right there, the love of God was poured out. Oh, 22-year-old kid. all he knew about life was what he could make out of it and what he could wrench from it not believing any of it was real and going on strange journeys of reading books that would give me an alternative reality because this can't be that real there's got to be something other than this and he showed up all by himself didn't even have to have a preacher yell at me I knew I had it bad. Nobody need to, to tell me that. Nobody need to say, do you know what you've done, buddy? You need to confess your sins. I knew what I was. Good Lord, I've been fighting it for two decades. I didn't have to be told I was bad. I needed to find out that God was good. That's this verse. When life is hard, God pours out his love. That's what. Everybody needs to hear. You and I again and again and again and again and again. You need to hear it for the song that we sang. To your children and your children's children. And your children's children. That's what we all needed. And God did it. Jesus did it, you guys. Jesus did it. No matter what you're facing right now, come back to Jesus did it. He hung on a tree, he did it. He won it. He's got the victory. For me, I don't I don't know. Some of those songs they sing, I were singing and I go, I don't, I don't know, I don't understand them any more than I understand life. But I do understand this scripture. So let me pray for us. I hope, I, I really hope that in the feebleness of my words, and I'm not trying to be self-denigrating or anything like that. But I hope this plants the love of God back in your garden and that the seed takes root. Maybe you'll walk away going, I didn't understand anything he said today. But maybe you can walk away with one thing. Put the love of God in your pocket. And you won't leave. God, I pray we would harness again the understanding that we are justified by faith and we have peace with you and that you won't let go. No, never. And you have a love for us and our family and our friends that goes beyond our understanding. Or, you said through Paul in Ephesians 3, To pray for the understanding about the love that goes beyond our understanding. Lord, we pray for that right now. Love of God break forth into each of our hearts. Where we don't feel okay and we have sorrow and pain and suffering, pour your love out, pour it into our hearts. Lord, we can't fix ourselves and we can't fix anybody else, and we're tired of trying to fix a fix to fix them. So pour your love out. It was always the answer, it is the great antidote. And by this we are rescued. By your love and only by your love. Help us, God. Love us real well, God. Help us to receive it. Help us to know it. Help us to harness it. Help us to help others with it. Help us, God. Help us.